It is November 21st, Survivor Series 2021, and uh, 25th anniversary of The Rock and WWE. You might think tonight, with promotion for his movie on Netflix, and the constant mentions, and, and the plot of The Missing Egg, gifted to Vince McMahon from The Rock's movie, that The Rock might show up tonight. Uh numerous credible sources had the run sheet saying, oh, Biggie and Roman's going to go first. And then at the last minute, no, it's going to go last. Oh, what surprise might they have in store to go off the air with? What's going to happen? And the answer was absolutely nothing. No surprise, no rock. We worked ourselves into a fantasy booking scenario that disappointed everyone. I thought watching the show, oh man, going to be a big night tonight. We could do a record number on the podcast. The Rock's going to be back in WWE. I bet WWE puts out a press release announcing WrestleMania. It's all finally happening. The rumors we've heard forever. And nope, Roman beat Big E. Trademark 2021 World Wrestling Entertainment. We went off the air. See, I'm disappointed in you, Glenn, because we had an opportunity to string the audience along of this podcast the same way. For those who are watching this podcast, who are, who are relying on us to tell them of the highs and lows of Survivor Series, we could have strung this out for the next hour and let our numbers grow and sustain. And you went right ahead and you took the high road. Uh, I mean, didn't you learn anything from the great Vince McMahon? Uh, who's gifted a hundred hundred million dollar egg that you that you got it? I mean, seriously. I mean, come on, Glenn. Well, no. Here's the problem, Justin. If if people tuned in and didn't watch the pay per view, and we alluded to something like, "Oh my God, you have to see what happened," they would just stop watching the podcast, load up the Peacock, skip to the end. Be like, okay, I'm going to see what they're talking about. Not necessarily, because Peacock is so bad that actually when <laughs> – it is. It's so bad that obviously you can only watch it live. You can't uh, pick it up on demand at any point. And after uh, after a normal show is done, and normal being like three hours, and this was not three hours, after a normal show is done with them, it takes it a solid half hour at least for it to wow. archive and become on demand. So the fact that this one wow. was four and change, or actually five and change if you count the pre-show – you might not be able to get this thing until Thanksgiving. So it's okay. We have the ability to say whatever we want to say. They can't go back and disprove us right now. Well, if we need a tease for this podcast, uh, we don't know who has the egg. So maybe that was revealed tonight at Survivor Series. You're just going to have to tune in. There's a $100 million egg on the loose. There are so many things they could have done to make tonight more exciting. I mean, Raw. I mean, I don't know. And Raw. So if you don't count the pre-show with the DQ finish, Raw had a shutout except for Roman, which kind of goes to show in the WWE's mind, well, Roman getting this win, that it's it's a balanced scale, you know? Roman wins, Raw wins everything else. Somehow, you know, as Thanos would put it, the universe is uh, is in balance with each other. Perfect harmony. <sighs> yeah, this is like an exhibition pay-per-view is really what it felt like. It, there's no stakes to really any of the big matches and it just you could have done without this pay-per-view. But, you know, listen, there is some newsworthy things that I think developed here that maybe uh, will get people talking. But other than that, I don't know. Yes. Uh, Mike D. Is your name Michael Diamond? Uh, $2. Do you think WWE needs the headbangers or gangrel? For what? Uh, with all due respect to those guys, I mean, <laughs> that's pretty random. Remember when the headbangers came back to SmackDown, Smackdown like five years ago? Yeah. And they looked the exact same as they did in their primes. I mean, not like like in terms of their wrestling, but in terms of their aesthetic, the way they looked, it looked like Headbangers circa 1998. Remember how good SmackDown was five years ago? Oh, yeah. Tag division, women's division, whole thing. Gang Girl is one of the top five best entrances ever. Uh, theme music, too. Great theme music. 
Yeah, I, and I know. I think like he he said recently in an interview, like didn't he just didn't he have a shot to like make a WWE? It was with the Edge stuff or whatever. Like, and then like him. I thought it was AEW with was it Christian. AEW? It was yeah. AEW with Christian. Yeah. I don't know. I can. did the edge entrance, and he was like, yeah, no. "Yeah, him." Like, I mean, him. You know, he. If Dark Order didn't take the babyface turn, they did put a gang grill with like a Dark Order or something. Hey, man! Uh, Insane Clown Posse was on Corey Graves' podcast after the bell last week. I think we're going to see them back in WWE sooner rather than later. Oh wow! Is this breaking news? Do you think? I, I. I mean, I don't know. Do you think publicly traded company WWE is going to touch ICP? At this point, <laughs> Justin, you've you've done business <laughs> with the Juggalos. You've been to the gathering. I have. They're family entertainment. You know, it came out, the Dark Carnival, the big mythos, the Joker's card. What's the Dark Carnival all about? It's about God. They're really a Christian band. This isn't even a joke. Like, that was the big reveal at the end of the Wraith Shangri-La. So I think, why not? WWE has done business with worse people. Uh, Tony Stark's 499, just leaving Survivor Series. Good show, but we all really expected The Rock to show up. I mean, especially if you've been seeing how Roman Reigns' big matches ended, the kind of overarching theme is, here comes John Cena, here comes Brock Lesnar, and then we get these rock teases, it's like, okay! And not that I was really expecting it, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, this might be where we hear the Rock's theme, and, and here we go. But that did, you know, may or may not have happened. I'm not going to spoil it for everybody. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it really is. I mean, we'll talk about the entire show here. It is it, it is something to debate. Do the fans do do including us? Do we are we to blame or do you blame WWE? Like, did we build it up in our own minds? But then you look at WWE. They made the whole night about showing flashbacks of the Rock. Vince McMahon. When was the last time Vince appeared in multiple backstage segments? Yeah, Vince is appearing with a prop, cross promoting Rock's new movie. Names the Rock. They're showing clips of its twenty five years. Reigns does a rock bottom and gets a rock cha- like I mean they're doing all these things where yeah I mean it's yeah they're in the s- same city different borough but same city uh, that he where he debuted I mean like it, it is one of those things where looking back and where we can retouch when we get to the main event looking back I'm like maybe they should have just completely ignored history they know how to do that yeah. we know they know how to do maybe they should have just not acknowledged that this is the 25th anniversary because if if that, if, if that if the lack thereof if, if the rock truly was not available I'm sure he'd like to be there but if you truly couldn't get there then it, maybe you should just wipe your hands clean and just say, uh, we'll let it be at something that they celebrate on Twitter. We're not going to acknowledge it. But when you see like, like the Santa Barbara film festival, does a tribute to Brad Pitt? Like if Brad Pitt ain't showing up, they're not doing the tribute. Right. You know, yeah. like what does this say about WWE that they would roll out these stops and the rocks like, no, I'm good. We're, we're giving the Cecil B. DeMille award to Martin Scorsese. Marty isn't here tonight. Yeah, <laughs> like, let's, here's let's a highlight see. package, everybody. Yeah. Here, here. Here's the best of good fellas for you. <laughs> I will say this though, you know, play devil's advocate. I think in the okay, I guess the reason would be that uh, the Rock and Roman Reigns maybe is a go for WrestleMania. I mean, I know both parties have said, "Oh, the Rock can't make it." Roman Reigns recently said he's he'd like to wrestle the Rock, but he doesn't know if he can. But maybe this is the start of a build toward the Rock versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 38. So if that's the reason, then I would totally understand them doing this tonight. It and ain't they, the start of the build till The Rock shows up. Well, and they are back in Brooklyn again tomorrow for Raw. Yes. Oh. And there is a there is the cliffhanger of Vince said, if I don't get my egg back, then we're then tomorrow on Raw. Yes, I just that's a statement. I said, if I don't get my egg back. So I mean, it's it's quite possible that this does bleed into Monday. And, and obviously, if you are to ask WWE, what would you rather? Would you rather if you can have, you only get one or the other? Would you rather The Rock show up? at a pay-per-view where you're already getting your flat rate money from the Peacock Network, or would you rather him show up where he could give a bump to a rating that you desperately need? I think they would probably take the Monday Night Rawls. But they're not going to get the bump 
They'll get buzz. It'll make USA happy. USA gets sure, to have sure. the Rock on the, the last time the Rock was on program was on Fox on SmackDown. They showed that sure. clip tonight. So there's a you know all those things come 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 into play. This is something that you would kind of want to promote. I mean, Vince McMahon's going to be on the show, so this is kind of the classic panic move when their numbers aren't doing as well. Uh, maybe something gets leaked. Maybe a WrestleVotes comes out and has a cryptic message about The Rock uh, that gets people talking about him being on the show. But uh, at the very least, they should, if he's going to be on the show, you know, kind of leak that a little bit. You don't have to formally announce The Rock is going to be there, but it could be like what AEW did with CM Punk, where they told you without telling you. Yeah. Sure. Where they work, the dirt sheet stooges, yes. leaking the ratings numbers, letting you know upcoming oh, booking, stooges, letting you know man. all of it. That's who Vince was texting tonight. He was like, hey, uh, pss, you want some uh, Rampage Fast Nationals? <laughs> Did you get that text too? Don't we all? <laughs> is it, did anybody else find it weird too that, again, this is stuff we haven't seen from Vince in many years. That we, we, tonight, we see Vince show up, pull out, <laughs> come out of a <laughs> Out of a limo <laughs> with a thing that we're then told that, that nobody we're... knows what the f it is. Well, he, he he gets out of a limo with a thing that he then later would tout that was worth a hundred million dollars, making what's left of his roster that he didn't cut a few days ago cheer for him and this hundred million dollar prize possession. I mean, is this just a flex of billionaire balls or what? <laughs> Anybody? I mean, he's, no. he's got balls the size of a you know golden egg. Yes. He's wondering who would steal such a thing when he, when job security is nowhere around. <laughs> oh, Kevin, I, I hate that Kevin Kakadin posted this because this could be true. $5. Sonia stole the egg and will plant it on Naomi. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that happening. Call the police. She did it. I'm telling you. <laughs> when Sonia was in the office and he was asking who, like, I'm seriously, that's where my mind went. That was the first yeah, thing the, I thought. The best tweet I saw, uh, I'll give him a shout out, uh, Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful. Sean had a tweet that said, Triple H stole the egg to go pawn it off to start a new wrestling company. To finance oh, a new wrestling I'd, company. I'd like to see that. <laughs> All I thought of when he was holding it up was the, the speech in Pulp Fiction about the watch, about hiding the watch, you know, in his rectum for, for five <laughs> years. Uh, bad Keith Gaming, $5. This pay-per-view was like a sandwich cookie. The cookie was good, but the filling was terrible. Wow. It's, the, I Becky, felt like there was a lot of filling or filler on this pay-per-view. This is oh like God. a sandwich cookie with only filling. Be Becky versus Charlotte felt like it happened Sunday morning. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I think, uh, you know, I mean, Justin, you're about to, to turn another year older here in two minutes, live on the air. Um, I felt like I was in my 30s when this pay-per-view started. <laughs> Wow, did you bring a birthday cake for Justin, Glenn? I, I didn't know until I got on the air. Uh, and all I got here is a lemon perfect uh, can of seltzer water and a can of crystal geyser. And I didn't tell anybody else that I thought we'd be off the air by now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And all I kept thinking tonight was, like, I skipped watching Succession for this. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Clyde B., if the egg is real in the WWE universe, that would mean that Red Notice and WWE happen in the same universe. Hence, The Rock is on the run with Gail Godot. I, I know this movie did gangbusters on Netflix. I've heard nobody talk about this movie. It's very weird that they made such a deep reference to the film. I mean, Army of the Dead zombies, everybody understands what zombies are. Uh, yeah, I mean, but, but like well, I wonder, you know. when I wonder too, uh, when we've seen Vince and WWE Studios be executive producers of I, like I wonder, did they have anything to do with this movie with The Rock, or like are they deeper into this movie than other Rock productions, other Rock movies? 
Oh, they're clearly, especially because this pay-per-view was brought to you by Red Notice. So that tells you right there that they're, you know, in bed with this movie and The Rock is the obvious tie-in. So that's pretty much the reason they're doing this. I guess they're not trying to be cool and, like, jump on the new movie that's out. They're doing this because there's a partnership there. And this is, I guess, the storyline of that movie is the egg, you know, they're trying to get this valuable egg. Yeah, it's very weird. It's very weird. So very weird. We have some news stories. Is there anything really worth covering? Anything big? Anything huge? Because I feel like our our disappointment of The Rock tonight is really going to just overshadow everything. I mean, we can go quickly. The news stories. SmackDown did about what it did last week with its overnight rating. So it's probably going to have the same number. And then we've got Jake Hager possibly grappling against John Bones Jones. Bones Jones announced it. He mistake he mistakenly said that Jake Hager was Jack Swagger of WWE, and so that caused its own uproar. And then Jake Hager came out and said, no, nothing's been signed. So uh, do you guys think that this could lead to John Bones Jones and UFC possibly in terms of they've now opened these doors of communication? In UFC? I mean, I'm sorry, or in AEW. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, hey, Tony Khan loves his forbidden door, right? Yeah, I mean, we've seen a lot of former UFC champions come through there, namely with Dan Lambert and America's top team. So, I mean, that could be something fun for AEW if they're able to get him there. But clearly, he's kind of out of the loop when it comes to the greater world of wrestling. And I don't think he's very much aware of AEW. But maybe that could be a condition. If this contract hasn't been signed, if I'm Tony Khan, I say, hey, Jake, you don't sign that contract until you get a guaranteed appearance from John Bones Jones in AEW. Yeah, but doesn't uh, – Alfred, you might follow it closer than I I haven't – I've stepped out of MMA – compared to what it was five, ten years ago. Did, John Jones got a little bit of controversy. Oh, yeah, I mean, Tony Khan's been pretty pretty consistent trying to stay away from guys or girls who have any kind of tr- trouble the way that, if I'm remembering what John Jones has had some issues out of the cage, right? Yeah, yeah. John Jones is constantly being plagued by uh, controversy, but uh, he always seems to land on his feet. And, yeah, mm. if that's something that he's concerned with in terms of Tony Khan, you know, uh, it might be troublesome to have John Bones Jones there. But uh, on the other hand, you know, and this I'm not, you know, promoting this in terms of this being a good thing, but he seems to be like Teflon when it comes to these things to where people do understand that he gets into these problems, but it, it never seems to stick to him. Uh, and But yeah, it's not something that if you're Tony Khan and you want to uh, not associate with people with, who are controversial, you know, John Jones is definitely controversial. Yeah, what's weird and unique about Tony Khan is in my lifetime, I've known like four people professionally who had some variation in the last name Khan, and the, all their businesses were Khan Artist Entertainment, Khan Man Management. And Tony <laughs> Khan just has not gone for that low-hanging fruit, and in many ways, I respect him for that. Well, maybe so. We'll give it some time, but uh, maybe it's an ironic thing where he's a really honest guy who just has the name Khan. It's weird, too, because you think, why would I name my business that? Like, it's very odd, very odd marketing. Uh, anything else? Anything else in the news? Nothing else in the news. Those were your two uh, news stories from the weekend. Well, tonight, I felt like I, I found out Santa Claus wasn't real because Rick Boogs uh, was out there during that Shinsuke Nakamura match, and Rick got attacked by Damian Priest. Rick was playing a guitar lick. I noticed when Damian Priest took the guitar off him to smash it over him, there was no wire coming out of the guitar, no wireless receiver, meaning I think Rick Boogs is just miming along to a pre-recorded track, or at least he was tonight before that attack, and uh, it's just... I feel let down, to be honest. Wow. This is like Millie Vanilli all over again. <laughs> yeah, exactly what it is. It's like when we found out who the real Double J was. Mm. <laughs> true, Flashed true. Back to 96. <laughs> Shout out now, to Jesse James. Jackson Cowens was saying, oh, maybe they built the wireless rig into the guitar. And it's like, 
it was known that with Elias's guitars, like those, if it was getting smashed, that was like a two hundred dollar acoustic guitar. You were not building like a covert wireless transmitter into a guitar if you're just going to destroy it. It just really, really bothered me. But uh, so Damian Priest was disqualified, and Shinsuke got one of two wins tonight for SmackDown on the pre-show. Oh wow! The count, yeah, that's right. WWE did not keep a tally of the wins, so they've really given up on this thing. Where <laughs> it's just like go out there and wrestle your matches. But uh, yeah, that that was a very interesting DQ finish. Didn't keep a tally, but uh, I like this touch. Other than the crazy battle royal, I'm glad they did not make uh, both the men and women's teams on the five on five wear the stupid shirts. I'm glad they let the competitors at least just wear red <laughs> ring gear and blue Colors, ring gear. Yeah. Like you know, that was a nice uh, semblance of team. But let's you know, I hate the. Battle Royal, where the Battle Royal, which which doesn't matter at all for Raw or SmackDown, and and they're having them wear Fox and USA shirts out there it looks ridiculous. I have to say though, of all the teams tonight, that entrance with the women's team from SmackDown like looked so badass with all of them coming to the ring together. Yeah, I don't yeah, know if it was to cool. look badass or if it was to cut down a little bit of time. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It looked really, really good. Kind of, you know, stretched out. But I mean, that's the thing too. Like, how did tonight take so long? Did any of these matches, aside from the opening match and the ending match, did any of these matches need to be as long as they were tonight? No. Yeah, I just felt like they were taking what should have probably been a two-hour pay-per-view and stretching it into a three-and-a-half-hour pay-per-view because there were not a lot of matches. And I think my biggest criticism of this pay-per-view is that they continue to, whether it was commercials, these the rock memories, uh, a match that was stretched out to be like 20 minutes long. It's like they insisted that this pay-per-view was going to go over three hours. And when yeah. you look at the card, it's like, oh, this should be over with soon, you know? But every match seemed like it just dragged on. Not Maybe not every match, but every match did take, uh, you know, at least seemed like 15 to 20 minutes. Well, and one of the problems, too, with Peacock is that, uh, you're right, they have a lot of, if you notice, there was a lot of stuff in between each matches, and the reason for that is, because I'm a victim of this, I have Comcast, Xfinity as cable, I still have cable, so I get Peacock automatically, but I have to pay, but I get Peacock and I have yeah. to see the ads, so they've been blocking more time where they're showing filler, WWE showing filler WWE in-house promos yeah. for shop or whatever, and you're seeing that. If you're on certain platforms, or if you're on the, or if you, or if you've paid the premium, if you're a schmuck like me that's not paying any more, I have to see Peacock Network ads for their other programming, and they drop them in during this time. So they've been trying to like build like basically ten minute commercial spots in between, yeah. so that way nobody misses any of the in ring action or important promos. So it makes it, 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 it it's like an old it's like a UFC pay per view. They have like oh, this yeah. large gap of time in between these yeah. these fights. It's ridiculous. Hey, new season Saved by the Bell drops this week. Uh, Stellar Justin Lopez, four ninety nine, exclusively reporting in here on Wrestling Inc. First, he low key switched to a work guitar, Glenn, that they kept over by the timekeeper. I noticed that when I was at the arena. So there you go. So he was only miming for the last couple of riffs before he got beat with the guitar. Wow, great reporting there by Stellar Justin Lopez, friend of the show. Absolutely. Uh, be sure to credit Stellar Justin Lopez in your coverage with a hat tip to Wrestling Inc. Yeah the wrestling Inc. podcast um yeah that was weird tonight and then when they went off the air there was a commercial break so the show goes off the air and i i pay for every streaming service because i'm an idiot uh so there's like this long vignette for charlotte flair it was very weird they had one for bobby lashley early in the evening that went for drew mcintyre and i thought it was part of the programming I'm like what are they building up to here but no they just use this literally to fill time yep yeah Kind of great. Better than on Fox when I watch on the Fox app SmackDown and it's that damn Fox sports music on a loop over and over again with Please Stand By. 
when they don't have an ad? Oh, yeah, I see that too. Yeah, after SmackDown, yeah. just over and over. That should be our theme music. Absolutely. So let's talk about the main card. Now, up until about what, half an hour before the show, multiple credible news stories said Becky versus Charlotte was going to close the show. So much so, I go, what's the first thing I do when I hear that? I go over to Instagram, Ronda Rousey. Who is who has worked the wrestling uh, fans before? Is posting a photo with her child, talking about I can't believe it's been eight weeks. Thanks for the training, the photos. I'm thinking, oh, if that's going last, is Ronda going to show up, start some shit? She's not going to wrestle, obviously. That's too soon. But they're going to tease something there. But uh, like, yeah, 20 or 30 minutes before we went on the air, I was like, oh, there was a last minute change in the order. Becky and Charlotte are opening the show. It was like shit. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. That was the best built feud. Well, one, I think it was the best match tonight. Two, best built feud. Most built feud, most built story tonight. Um, to you first, Justin, what'd you think of that opening the show? And uh, what'd you think of the match going on first? Uh, the match was fantastic. It was probably my favorite thing that we got tonight. Um, obviously, there's a lot of blurred lines. What's what's work, what's shoot uh, going into this. So I thought that these ladies, again, for whatever is real, whatever's not, they took advantage of it. And so the start of the match and, and several, mo- a lot of parts of the match were sloppy and and quick and hard hitting in a shoot style as if they are kind of grappling for who's going to keep the power control uh, i'm going to get my shot on you and i'm trying to protect myself um you know i mean alpha and i you know we've talked about i mean like i think we both agree here these ladies are obligated in this match they have to work snug again you got to the point now rightly wrongly on purpose or not people are believing there's a, a real sense of realism and real problems here. So you have no choice but to go out there and, and, and work a little more aggressive than maybe you would otherwise, because um, that's what the fans are expecting. As terms of it being the opener, the way the finish was, seeing that finish, I, I'm okay with that finish, but that would not be a finish I'd want for the end of the show. Right. So How do you think I, it compared to the actual end of the show? Well, at least the end of the show, though, was a clean, definitive one, and, and, and it's a tribal chief standing tall. Sure, we would have loved Brock or Cena or Rock, but I think ending the way they did for the Becky Charlotte, which fit for for those yeah. two ladies, that would have been that would have been even that would have been an even bigger troll job to end the night on that. I think. Alfred. Yeah, I thought this was a very good match, and you talked about the build, Glenn, and I think uh, you know it's part WWE, part real life, because had this real-life story not crept in, I feel like the, this would have suffered because people have seen Becky versus Charlotte so many times that this is now a match that came with some real-life tension or backstage heat that they, I think, did a good job of capitalizing on toward the end, uh, like the video package that they had for these women. And I thought they did a good job of embodying the fact that, hey, these two might not really like each other. I uh, like the brawls they had. They were cursing at each other pretty audibly through that match. And um, it was a weird finish. I was very surprised by the back and forth in terms of roll-ups. That's not mm-hmm. the type of finish I would guess they would have had, considering these two women hate each other so much. But I am just glad they didn't go to Montreal screwjob type situation. So yeah. at least, you know, we got the kind of roll-up. Charlotte pretty much laughed it off as she walked out. Uh, but I thought they did a good job in terms of what this match dynamic was. They did a good job of embodying that. And this was a good match. I really liked it. That was great. How real do you think, uh, Alfred, you first, how real do you think the heat is between? I think it's not as real as it was when it first happened. I think they did have a backstage confrontation. And when it got in WWE's hands, now they're playing it up like all oh, these two hate each other. This and even when they're doing the interviews, I do think that Becky Lynch is, you know, speaking some truth when she's talking to Ariel Hawani in terms of them not being as good of friends. But I do mm-hmm. think that maybe it's more cordial at this point, and they're just not friends anymore. Um, but I do not think that there's this 
terrible bad blood that they hate each other as much as uh, I think people would be led to believe. Yeah, Justin. I mean, yeah, I would agree with that. Just to expand, I think it's they might not be you know spending their days off with each other anymore and double dating uh, with their significant others, but I think to what Alfred's saying, I think the story, you know, it got out there that there was, you know, so once it gets out there, it's like, okay. And both of these ladies did break in at the same time. They both have wanted to make it. They both have been on the poorer side of the, of the pay scale. So I think they both can kind of at least sit in the corner privately or send a text to each other over the last couple of weeks and say, look, we got in this business to be the best and to make money. We have a chance to make some money with each other. You know, you say what you got to say. I, I'll say what I got to say. Let's let's do what we got to do in the ring. I, you know, it's a cordial. It's, you're being a that, that's the definition of being a professional professional wrestler. You're going to go out there. You're not going to kill the other person. You're going to take care of them, knowing you're going to have to both knowing you're going to you have to work snug. Like I said earlier, you need to make this look a little more uh, intense. But both of them knowing I need to take care of the other one because there's money to be made here because we're going to do a, a wonky finish. Nobody's going to get buried here. Uh, nobody's going to get definitively elevated, so we have a chance to 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 go to the pay window, Daddy, as Dusty would say several more times. <laughs> it was good. It was very good, very good match, very intense. It feels like there's a lot that's real there. Um, but yeah, I think uh, they told a really good story. I liked with the way that Becky won, where it was wasn't 100 clean, uh, where she where she outplayed Charlotte basically by uh, grabbing her up on the on the count of three. So it was good. So a very, very good match to open the show. Hey, Justin, do you have the ad copy? I think we have an ad tonight. We do? I think we do. I see on the calendar Manscaped. Oh, yes, I do. Thank you. Well, you know, I have to have, I have to hear my Manscaped ad. Yeah, how's that for a segue? Other podcasts <laughs> have clever segues. You know, if you want to work snug in, in areas where it counts. So if you want to work snug, if you want to have somebody that looks like Becky Lynch rolling you up, you have to go with the the below-the-waist grooming, the head of below-the-waist grooming. That's right. When you're sitting around the dinner table this Thursday, Thanksgiving, we're saying we're thankful for. I am not thankful for The Rock not showing up. I am not thankful for an egg being stolen, but I am thankful for Manscaped. That's right. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders and below-the-waist grooming, have the new performance package 4.0. That's right, the new performance package 4.0, and we are hooking you up. That's right, 20% off and free shipping, all because you listen and watch this podcast using the code WINC20. Uh, they've been a longtime supporters, Manscaped has, and we got us uh, a great new stuff to tell you about. Uh, before I get to the very brand new product, let's just review. We got the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, the Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and the wonderful Travel uh, shave uh, Shaving Kit Bag to take all your goodies. If you're, if you're going to go visit uh, the in-laws uh, for Thanksgiving, you can make sure you're keeping all your grooming products all in hand. Uh, for you and your travels. Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce the grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin safe technology. Also gives you that 4000K LED light. So that way, if you're doing any any, any fancy uh, funky angles to make sure you're getting everything in complete, complete job, you won't be able to uh, miss anything in the dark and it's waterproof. So that plays in a nice uh, situation there. Performance 4.0 package also includes the weed whacker. So you can chop up those worst weeds. Trust me, fellas, it is not attractive, especially if you're going on like some first dates and you got hair growing out of the nose, out the ear, knocking, you're, you're setting yourself up behind the eight ball. Not good. Uh, not good there. Uh, the new uh, skin safe technology helping prevent nicks, snags, and tugs and those delicate spots. And of course, 
There's the liquid formulations. It's it's the it's the pumpkin pie uh, uh, of the Manscaped Thanksgiving Performance Package 4.0 package uh, that you're getting here. And that's got all the liquid formulations, including the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Toner Spray. And the new product just launched. I know uh, they just sent it out to all of us. Very excited to have this now in the repertoire every day is the refined body wash two-in-one shampoo plus conditioner that features that signature manscaped scent that will help unlock the confidence you need in this Thanksgiving and Christmas time uh, year. Again, all of these can be yours. You can get 20% off and you can get free shipping using the code WINC20 at manscaped.com. Or, ladies, maybe this could be a great gift. If you need to send a little hint, hint, wink, wink to your significant other, to your, to your male partner, uh, this could be a great gift that you could help stock some stuffings so he's better stocking his stuffing. Uh, you know what I'm trying to get at there. <laughs> no, somebody's getting stuffed. <laughs> save 20%. Free shipping. Manscaped.com. Use the code W-I-N-C-20. You're thankful for Manscaped. We're thankful for Manscaped. All three of us are part of the 4 million men worldwide that are loyal Manscaped users. And we thank them for the support of this podcast. You know, Hell Justin yeah. likes to uh, represent on game day his favorite sports team with what he shaves. You know, so he just shaves it right in. Me, remember how Vanilla Ice had lines in his eyebrow in the early 90s? I'm bringing that back. But Oh, you're going to use Manscaped for that. I, I, no, I no, but below the belt. You oh, know, okay. uh, well, there you go. Uh, representing the VIP posse, which is uh, redundant. Uh, the Vanilla Ice posse. Uh, yeah, Manscaped, good stuff. And, uh, you know, two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, we don't talk about that enough. Because I don't have time to shampoo and condition separately. I want it together. One shot. They do make I'm stuff like guy. that, like two-in-one, three-in-one body wash. Uh, well, Manscaped with that as the signature scent. Yeah. And, you know, if if uh, you're another another's like, ooh, what's that smell? You know, just be like, oh, I'll never tell. They don't know it's ball deodorant, but you just dab a little behind your ear or anywhere else you want to freshen up. <laughs> Manscaped.com, W-I-N-C-20. We thank them for sponsoring the Wrestling Inc. podcast. And we get we get letters from Manscaped. They're like, oh my God, your your crowd, the Wrestling Inc. audience, they just they devour our products. They really need some grooming. They really need to get the get it together all over. Manscaped. Help they making it talk. happen. They know what's up. So back to the show tonight, which uh, by the way, that Manscaped ad more entertaining than 90% of what we saw in Survivor Series tonight. <laughs> I wish. I, I wish. We would have saw more about men's personal grooming on Survivor Series compared to the the promotion uh, we saw tonight. The storylines, the egg. Oh, what's going on with the egg? The best part of the egg. Let's just get it out of the way now. Was when Roman was backstage. He said, "100 million. It's close to what my next contract's going to be worth." You wish. <laughs> I don't know if I listen. I'm sure he's going to get resigned. I don't know if it's going to be 100 million dollars. It's going to get resigned. Cop cutting mode. I don't know if. Uh... <laughs> we'll take i'm sure roman's gonna get resigned that's why all these people are being released is because they need to get that hundred million dollars together for roman reigns yeah another another bold take as we're citing budget cuts for all the releases <laughs> we have to clear away for the hundred million uh resign um yeah i don't know if, if you if you uh if you want your your egg to be worth a hundred million dollars use manscaped to properly groom your egg <laughs> eggs plural <laughs> Hey, you never know. Some people were born with one egg, and that's okay too. Yeah, so you can win you know, bike races doing that. We've seen some people <laughs> born with three eggs, apparently, according to urban legend. So you never know. Uh, Stellar Justin Lopez, four ninety nine. I've been going to WWF and E shows for almost thirty years here in New York. This is by far the tamest, most relaxed crowd I've ever been a part of. And by the way, like this is a live show in New York. 
New York has not been a hot, like there's not been a lot to do of this magnitude for 20 months. And you get New York wrestling fans at Barclays survivor series. And this is how hyped they were. Like, yeah. And that's, I mean, WWE punted on this pay-per-view. Like what were they supposed to be super excited about? There was really no build to until the, final week of the pay-per-view maybe uh the one hot storyline they had or maybe you could argue was the hottest storyline with becky and charlotte it's only hot because it's something that happened in real life that was not supposed to happen so the whole show is booked as raw versus smackdown we're going to put this champion against that champion with no rhyme or reason just because they're on different brands with similar titles and when you have a show like that it's like an exhibition it's you know it's there's not much to really get excited about even if you are in new york the most raucous thing I saw, I mean, I, and I know there was, uh, I know they did get a little unruly during the women's 515, but one other thing I saw was normally WWE is pretty good about policing uh, who walks in the aisleway of the crowd that faces oh, yeah. the hard camera. They're very, they're very big about what signs, what behavior. And there was a person, I'm trying to remember which match it was. Um, there, there was, uh, oh, it was, it was the RK Bro match. Um, there was a person that got a solid over. At least sixty seconds, maybe more, roamed back and forth with a sign of "We miss you, Triple H," and then eventually WWE tracked him down and got him pulled him aside. Um, but that's 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 the raucous Brooklyn crowd for you tonight. Is 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 is, is, is they miss Triple H? <laughs> it was really weird tonight, and this kind of shows you, by the way, with all the releases and the cuts and the changes, it's really. They wore tonight and told you loud and clear, bold font, underlined who they care about. In that we had Seth Rollins, the sole survivor, winning the men's match for Raw. Bianca Belair, the sole survivor, winning for Raw. Um, it's like everyone else there tonight on these Survivor Series teams was just, I mean, almost winning the Battle Royal. A lot of people felt like extras tonight on the pay-per-view. Not a lot of uh, people look strong. Not a lot of people look dominant. Not a lot of people looked like... You know, you could really get behind them and invest in them. It just kind of looked like, okay, this is this is our roster. Here's who we think are stars or who are the biggest superstars. Everyone else is just kind of here, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's what happened. You can tell in terms of week-to-week television that they're pushing certain people at a certain level to get them over with fans, and they're telling their stories, and they're giving them all the production and making them look like stars. And then with maybe 90% of the roster, it's not the case. And a lot of the mid-card storylines are nonsensical, and they're not these epic you know, type of stories they're telling like with Roman Reigns. And then to your point, Glenn, you see that all play out on the same card. It becomes very obvious like, oh, there's really only a few people who they really want me to care about. And a lot of these other people are just kind of also rams, unfortunately, despite their talents. And then two big walkout moments tonight, one with Kevin Owens during the men's, one with Sasha Banks during the women's. So it kind of tells you, like, who got to really shine tonight and everyone else was just sort of there. So I don't know about you guys. I thought Kevin Owens walking out of the the men's match, like, I mean, that was almost dominant, especially with uh, speculation, the dominant storyline, especially with – like it's almost like they're working the audience because of the expectation that his contract is up soon. Uh, Alfred, I'll let you take that one. I mean, well, no, they could be. I mean, you had, had, you had, a, you had a dynamite tweet for for it. So he had a great tweet about it. Oh, oh, the walking. Yeah, no, I I do think that he was doing his practicing for walking out on his contract when it's up in a couple of, <laughs> a couple of weeks. I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen. He's just going to get up. Like, all right, I'll see you guys later. I'm done with this. Uh, but yeah, we could. You know, maybe they are kind of playing into that. He has said some. Conf- 
comments in like mm -hmm. uh, promos where I believe he made a Mount Rushmore reference or whatnot. So maybe they're playing into those dirt sheet rumors or whatnot. But Kevin Owens just turned heel. So I think the reason he did that is because they're really trying to give you a reason to really hate him now that he's a heel. And so he gets to do all this heel stuff. I, I really don't know if it's uh, anything more than that, but maybe it is. It got him walking out, got great heat reaction yeah. from the live crowd. But then it was crazy in this match. He walks out, so he gets counted out. And then what is it, Lashley and Drew? Was it Lashley and Drew? Or yes, yeah. Simul both get counted out. So if you're keeping score, three of the ten people in the match got counted out. I've never <laughs> ever seen like that's three more that, that have got counted out than AEW's ever had. <laughs> never seen three so counters in a match. And then it came down to a one-on-one -on -one with Rollins and Hardy, which was pretty cool. And, and Jeff Hardy. I mean, it does not matter. They could they could stop horse manure on him every week. He is so over with people at forty something years old. Yeah, um, you know he's just he's just kind of there again. Another guy who you know working out the what's left of his contract, which has had time added onto it because of injury. Um, you know, if I had to make my bets, he probably gets a a, a swan song run in in AEW uh, with his brother. It's just so so like and literally, you know. Alfred and I talk about AEW every Wednesday, and like it has, you know, for everything from the music that they license to use and whatever, it has a rock show kind of feel with the, with the audience participation, or whatever. Like uh, just imagining Jeff Hardy with with his with the fandom that he has in that rock show environment is, is more exciting than than most released WWE guy, WWE guys. Oh yeah, being yeah. pictured there. Yeah, I, and I post this on Twitter. I don't think there's anybody more over than him. Like, you can put really? Roman Reigns and Becky Lynch in the conversation in terms of the stars that they're pushing that people react to. But, I mean, you rock star reaction is absolutely what that was with Jeff Hardy, with people chanting for Hardy actively into him. And the way they book him is, I think, sad in terms of, like, you're saying swan song and AEW. Why not have a swan song in WWE? Why not just... Take this popularity that this guy clearly has, start letting him win some matches and build up to a match between him and Roman Reigns because people would be into him chasing for that title. Nobody's saying he has to win that match, but you look at the people and the popularity of these stars, nothing, I don't think, compares to Jeff Hardy right now. Wow. I, I, I mean, I, it's hard to argue that, and I would be all for that. I mean, they're just not they're not going to do that with Jeff Hardy, I don't think. But I would even be as entertained to see, like, throw him on Tuesdays. Let him be part of, of this new. Yeah. You know, let let him be a veteran name with this with these young bucks of NXT, and you know he's so over. Jeff Jeff Hardy is so over because he he's one of the last few active that still can represent. Um, yeah. the, he wasn't so much attitude era. He's on. The, he's more. He, he they get yeah, the Hardys kind of went more into the tail end of the, the ruthless aggression era, mm -hmm. uh, the early two thousands. But he has that credibility of the wrestling boom period of twenty years ago, and he still gets that. People, you know, you can go up to somebody who doesn't watch wrestling, you can say the name Jeff Hardy, and they remember. Oh, yeah. So throw him on Tuesdays. If, if you're not going to do anything else with them, just throw him on Tuesdays and see, can that get you another 100,000 people that watch? I don't know. Just, Maybe. just try. Why not? You know, what, what, what bad would that do? If you're going to pay the guy, put him on. Yeah. I think they think of him like a utility player like Sheamus that they can just put in this mid-card stuff, you know, and he's just there to fill a spot. I don't think they recognize what they really have with him. At a time when a connection with the audience is at an all-time premium and scarcity in WWE.
But that's crazy. If anybody should recognize what they have in him or why people are reacting to him, it should be WWE because they spent the past decade pushing these part-time stars or people from the past over the current roster. So you get a guy like Jeff Hardy. And the same thing was apparent with uh, John Morrison when he was here. People loved John Morrison. He was one of those guys who's way more over than his push uh, because he's from the past and he's a familiar name they recognize. So those are the people that they cling on to. So I don't know why WWE doesn't just capitalize on this popularity that he has right now. You could use it to get a current star over. I mean, Roman Reigns is already over, but you can give him another big win. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, but hey, if it's just about pleasing the fans, Tony D'Angelo would be NXT champ. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> All the time. Speak, 365 days. Uh, Wrestling Inc. superfan Tanner Majors on Twitter thinks uh, Tony D'Angelo stole the egg. And I think Tony has a perfectly good alibi. Oh, man. Listen, Vince McMahon, if Tony D'Angelo stole that egg, move on. Cut your losses. Cut your $100 million. You don't want to go after Tony D'Angelo and the Mafia to get that egg. Justin, you on the Tony D'Angelo hype train? <laughs> Not as much as you guys are on Tuesdays. He is I, now. You're, you're, you're going to be on the train by the time we end this podcast, yeah. Justin. <laughs> like, what is better in NXT than Tony D'Angelo? I, I'm always a little – anything that gets Issa Ladywood, I'm always a little weary. i got to, like, tread lightly. <laughs> you know. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my honest barometer, quite frankly. Alfred, you missed it Friday. Issa uh, 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 had me playing F. Mary Kill with members of the AEW men's roster. So, you know, that was a. Oh, really? So, yeah, who got, who got the F? Who got the F? Go watch Friday night's podcast. Oh, I can't wait. I got to check yeah. that out. That's what I'm going to be doing. Instead of Thanksgiving dinner, I'll be watching that podcast. Oh, my God. Like, <sighs> while, while manscaping. Uh, we had a 25 man dual battle royal to commemorate the 25th anniversary of the rocks debut this was so dumb like if they'd all come out dressed like the rock in different eras like that photo shoot or something but this was just like i'm sorry this was just pathetic it made no sense like well we're commemorating the debut we're having 25 25 men for 25 years are they dressed like the rock nope just 25 men for is there a trophy that looks like the rock nope just 25 men for 25 years i wish they would have had like big like framed photos of the rock like on easels surrounding the ring and um (laughs) the only connection that i can find that makes sense is so omos wins it and so it's like okay here's a guy different background than the rock uh than than dwayne johnson 1996 everything and but but here's a guy who you know, like the famous Jim Ross quote, you know, that's that, that blue chipper. That's going to be the man right here. You know, almost almost definitely has that feel of they, they sure. right now. It feels like they look at him as being a major player that they're protecting. So that's the only thing I can draw was like, OK, similar to the rock making a debut that was worth note. And they even know that this guy's going to be a big deal. We have the big deal in Omos. But that's that, that was me making my stretch to try that. <laughs> Our next yes. twenty, our next twenty-five minutes of this podcast are a tribute to twenty-five years of the Rock. Oh, there you go, twenty-five moments in twenty-five minutes. And they showed that video package really skipped over a lot of stuff in that package. They made it seem like the Blue Chipper era was just gangbusters. Yeah, <laughs> they get to retell their own history. That's what they do. Vince does yeah. not remember die, Rocky die. <laughs> That'd be funny if they showed the sign and he like cropped it out and said, "Live, Rocky, live." <laughs> what? <And> they talked. <laughs> fight, Rocky, fight. <laughs> when there were all the people chanting "Rocky, Rocky," and it was just kind of like, "Yeah, that's not the famous chant everyone remembers." <laughs> no, um, I remember. Vince does remember that Rock had seven bucks in his pocket. Yeah, like, and that was weird hearing him tell the story where it was like, I mean, like to Roman Reigns of all people, right? Like. 
to Rock's credit, I will say this. That first night in Survivor Series, he was over that night with that crowd on that particular night. They did not boo him immediately. It was just over time when it became apparent they were going to be shoving this guy down their throats. That's when they started to kind of turn on him. But there were legit Rocky chants on that night. Yeah. I will say about this almost thing, like, okay, it was what it was. It wasn't the greatest match or whatnot, but this is like the essence of what the battle royal is in wrestling in terms of this is how they promoted Andre the Giant for years and years is they yeah. have people go in there and look at this big giant, beat up all these other guys. It was very simplified, and I think this is perfect for almost. It was good for almost to get that win. I agree. I'm waiting to see what happens in January at the Rumble. Like, is that the start of the, the split between he and AJ? Is it the start of the split between Riddle and Norton? Like, I'm... Yeah. You know, because I mean, we're look. This is the last pay per view of 2021. The next one is is January 1st, and then after that, 29 days later is Royal Rumble, uh, and at that point, we're in WrestleMania season. So whoever whoever's the next wave of you know, are we focusing on Omos? Are we focusing on Riddle? Is Big E remaining a top guy? Like that's when we're going to start to see. You know, is is Damian Priest truly another guy that they're looking to to build? So good question here's a prediction for the Royal Rumble. I predict that Omos sets the new Royal Rumble elimination record. Really? Who has it now? Yes. The Kane? Well, all the time it's Braun Strowman. If you count the greatest Royal Rumble, that's that's who no. WWE credits for. We're not counting that. Um, I think well, that's, I don't that's think it's Kane. It's Roman Reigns now. Well, you can't count the Braun. There's 50 people in that Rumble, right? Yes, there was 50. So he had, so he had more. Now we have to go by the traditional 30. But they've had 40 man Royal Rumbles before. But Kane still holds the record in that one. Yeah, so it's not Kane. It's Roman Reigns has the record. I believe that's still the record. In turn, I think it was 2014. Roman Reigns set the record broke the record hmm. i don't know i don't know i mean this is good for almost uh otis got uh, oh good lord the otis moment so our true oh so first off street profits whatever you're paying them is not enough like them with the pizza hut sponsorship in there doing the whole bit then our truth grabbing this slice of pizza and like luring otis away with a slice of pizza like I How thought the pizza tie into this battle royal. Is it like a sponsor? Pizza Hut was sponsoring the match or sponsoring okay. Street Profits at least. And then <laughs> after the match, Street Profits are like, I mean, they just worked a match. So I have to assume their hands are sweaty and they're ripping pizza slices and they're throwing out in the crowd. I don't know if I want to eat pizza. Uh, you know, as, as you might fanboy and mark out that uh, Montez Ford and Angela Dawkins just tossed you a, a slice of pepperoni. But I mean, I don't know if I want to be necessarily eating that <laughs> yeah. putting that in my mouth i don't want to be pelted with pizza when i'm in the audience <laughs> like you know they've concessions have figured out you can throw a rolled up hot dog you know there are some things you could transport the idea of just tossing like a frisbee slices of pizza in the stands has never caught on but maybe after tonight tasted like cocoa butter and every in every local new york Every local New York pizza shop in the area is pissed. like you're throwing pizza. You're throwing the corporate man out to the fans. You send him around the corner to Tony's to get a slice of Tony's authentic pizza. You know, it's just a slap. <laughs> more more trolling of the, of the New York audience tonight. Let's just, let's go ahead and roll out corporate America pizza uh, in the heart of Brooklyn. It's just uh, I feel bad for Otis. I kind of forgotten Otis was still signed. And uh, I feel like with Chad Gable, they've moved him away from this gimmick. But this was like the ham sandwich and the money in the bank briefcase all over again. More than I think any character in recent memory, whenever I see this Otis, like I think of the other Otis as another person. Like, man, I miss that other guy. 
Like, I feel like he left us. And I just think of like, I remember this guy used to be this because he's such a departure for what he was. And I, I think that oh, charismatic yeah. Dusty Rhodes kind of gyrating Otis was just such a fun act that it's like he's gone. No, I think Mandy should have been there to catch him when he got yeah. fell out of the ring. You know, this just brought it all back. This Otis is like John Belushi trying to do drama in the 80s before he died <laughs> or in the 70s before he but died. You weren't you weren't a fan of Continental Divide? No, I was not. That's why I'm <laughs> glad you I knew you would pick up on which movie I was referencing. This, that's what this is like Belushi trying to go serious. <laughs> I think that was the only one, right? I mean, uh, he passed way too young. May rest in peace. But I think Continental Divide was his only like non- well, that was the one that was right after like Animal House, right? He's trying to use that fame to like. Oh, I thought it was a little later than that, but we'll see. Uh, saw the movie when I was a kid on like HBO, like early, early days of HBO. They were showing like that, and Bugsy Malone was Scott Bayo all the time. Um, no, Common the Vod, second to last film, 81, three years after Animal House. Well, Blues Brothers was 80, right? So Blues Brothers was 80, yes. What was the last film? Last one was Neighbors, which I never actually saw. Uh, John Bushi and Dan Aykroyd together. I like that's one of those box covers that just brings back a sense memory of like seeing that all the time growing up. But I never saw Neighbors. Continental Divide, though, yes, I have seen multiple times. All, all you can all you can smell is a. Uh somebody vacuuming in the blockbuster with the stale popcorn in the corner <laughs> and i'm just looking to the saloon doors going what's in that closet over there that all these adult men keep di- disappearing into that room what, what's uh, behind the curtain it must be what's Oz. behind the curtain <laughs> <laughs> oh weston Bragg, 499 do you agree that biggie winning could have set up a feud in the future when they're on the same brand or paths cross again I could have. I mean, but that that was never gonna. I think they spoiled this match midway through the show when you saw that segment with Vince and Roman in terms of the direction they might be going with Roman Reigns. The one thing I'll say that dis- I, I mean, I my my bet was on Roman winning this. Oh yeah. But but the one thing I will say when it when it is champion versus champion, but there's no title in the line. Like Roman has this incredible, you know, uh, lengthy title run going on right now. There would have been something to like, hey, here's one time where we can have Roman lose. He still gets to keep the title and everybody understands why. But you're going to help even more your other world champion who you know, Big E's having a great rise. But this would be that much more. So, like, that's one thing I would consider. If, if, if the Rock's not coming back at the end of the show to stare down Roman or if Brock's not coming back to F5 Roman or if none of that's happening, which we found out that was not, I could see a case for. Big E getting a win here after yeah. after after a long hard fault 20 25 minute match of again Roman still has his title but man you just really help Big E who could certainly you know he could use the win over Roman a lot more than Roman could use a win over him yeah. I mean this isn't over at that day one pay-per-view the I mean like it's probably gonna be the main event right? like New Day versus the Usos and Roman New Day versus we might get that tomorrow to be honest because there's gonna be Raw and Smackdown it's gonna be one of those hot shot specials we're getting Vince on the show might get the rock on the show and you know they've done terrible ratings over the past few weeks they've been out that 1.5 million viewer range and Vince has had enough so I mean, oh, wait they're taping Smackdown tomorrow. tomorrow too what's that are they taping Smackdown tomorrow as well I don't know. I don't know if that's taped. Is that not live? Oh, it might. No, if they're taping. No, I think I think I think Brooklyn just gets uh, Brooklyn just gets Survivor Series and Raw. I don't know. Oh, I think okay. they're, they're somewhere different for SmackDown. I think SmackDown is live. It's after Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's live. Uh, Derek Ilas, uh five dollars pizza up more over than the twenty five man battle royal. <laughs> I do have to admit the uh, the uh, design of that box with the three layers was kind of cool. Yeah, and stuffed crust pizza does slap. I, I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm it's a too cheat much day. cheese, man. It's too much cheese. You know, eat the crust uh, first. 
Have you ever really eaten at the crust first? Yes, absolutely. Really? That's the whole draw of the pizza. You you're, go trying to, crust you're, trying, you're, trying, you're trying to tell a Packers fan too much cheese. <laughs> yeah, I know my cheese. If there's one thing I know. <laughs> Here's my move when I get like disgusted with myself through eating a pizza. It usually comes about halfway through. For the last like two or three slices, I'm just tearing the crust off the ends and just eating like the rind of the crust. And that's when I throw the rest away. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. Mm. Go if it's a good crust. If it's like New York style, like, you know, it's got the spotting on the bottom, like a little burn. If it's good crust, like always, always finish the uh, the crust ends. Uh, Mike, $2. Alfred, what's your prediction for Lashley and Mania? I mean, based on what we saw tonight, I, I could see, you know, Lashley McIntyre. I know they already wrestled last year, but I could see Lashley McIntyre being two guys who WWE looks at commercial mania like, oh, what do we do with these guys? Maybe we just put them together. Uh, that wouldn't be the most exciting thing because they already wrestled last year, but there seems to be juice in that now that they've taken so much time apart. Maybe they put them with Omos if they really want to get Omos over and do something short with them. Uh, but that'll be interesting to see what they do with Lashley because I'm still looking forward to Brock Lesnar-Lashley match. I know Lashley is still holding out hope for that because he continues to bring that up in interviews. But that's not going to be at WrestleMania. I see that being uh, Brock and Roman at WrestleMania. But if we get if The Rock comes back, then I could see Brock and Lashley at, at Mania. Yeah. Could happen. Brian Cyrus, $2, saying that uh, Brock has a record for the most eliminations in 2020. Oh, that's right. That's right. That was a, the greatest Royal Rumble ever in 2020. Yes, Brock does have the most rec eliminations. That makes sense. Yeah, that's right. Um, after this, uh, we had RK-Bro versus the Usos. And uh, RK-Bro won. As they should, and obviously, the you know, I'm glad they acknowledged it. You know, Orton acknowledged it on Twitter. I'm glad that the commentary acknowledged, and obviously, most of the fans seem to be there at the building in tune with the fact he was breaking a record of, of most pay per views, uh, you know, appearance. I think tomorrow he on Raw, if he has a match, he makes he breaks a record there. I mean, he's just oh, wow, it's fitting, you know. I mean, he, he, I mean, really, Randy Orton is a guy who obviously is obviously a surefire Hall of Famer. He's a guy too that he'll, he'll have a great documentary one day made about him. This guy could have been, uh, and Alfred will probably be able to pull some first round, some football references that I'm, that I'm trying to remember the names. This guy could have been one of these first round kind of quarterbacks who just fizzed out, who you know either couldn't mature mm -hmm. or he just couldn't handle whatever. I mean, because Randy Orton certainly had his problems, his personal problems of handle of, of just dealing with maturity and dealing with the, the the spot that he was put in and dealing with the fact that he was so gifted and 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 and, and it won championships, won all, so many things so early in his career. Uh, and this guy could have fizzled out and been a huge bust. He really yeah. could have. Uh, he could have been his own worst enemy. But he got himself together somewhere along the way, and and he's talked about it. He, he owns up to it. And you know, if you watch the Austin Broken Skull that he's done, he he's very self aware that he he had to shape up his his act personally and 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 to, to still keep doing what he loves doing, what he's really good at doing. And he is at at forty whatever he is now. He's he is the prototype, stereotypical creator wrestler. He is that. He's everything. He's durable. He's been around. He, I mean, he looks in phenomenal shape. This was a. This was just a good feel-good moment to see him winning so fittingly with a RKO out of nowhere, the way it did happen. Now, if there was a reference to a quarterback, I think you'll appreciate that as a fan of the Washington football team. It might be Alex Smith. I mean, I know Randy Orton in the pantheon of wrestling is going to go to the Hall of Fame one, not bigger than Alex Smith, but Alex Smith is a guy who seemed like he was going to fizzle out early on his, his career with the Niners. And then once he stabilized, he got the coordinators, he got put with Andy Reid. Every year he's putting up 4,000 yards and he was a 
very serviceable quarterback, and I think you could put him in like the Hall of Very Good. Although you know, well, uh, uh, Alfred, I, I was thinking of more of busts of like Dwayne Haskins or well, yeah, Robert, yeah, Ryan Leaf, or Robert like, Robert Griffin the third. Let's trade St. Louis to get the number the the, the number two pick, and and and, and here's a, and uh, both you know, again quarterbacks are supposed to be the new franchise who then um, end up getting cut within a matter of a couple years and maturity and whatever. Um, who's the other one I'm thinking of? Drew um, Drew Lock. Who was the other first rounder who just completely just not for the Redskins, not for Washington? Um, that'll come back to me. Uh, that's what I think, though. Orton could have been one of those stories, but he's turned out to be, you know, again, Hall of Fame career. You know, while you guys were watching your your sports ball today, I watched an hour and forty long minute documentary that Defunct Land on YouTube did all about Disney's Fast Pass system at the theme parks. Really? Are they, are they exposing it? Is it an expose of? Yeah, it's freaking nuts. It's like the most geeky, obsessed. It talks about Fast Pass, the origins, Fast Pass Plus, like all the stuff now with like Lightning Lane and when I'm, the dude starts doing simulations, like it's crazy. But Ryan, I was just, you know, I'm sorry. No, Ryan Leaf was the name I was trying to. Yeah, remember. right. I mentioned Ryan Leaf. Jamarcus Ryan Russell Leaf. is another first round bust who, you know, with the Raiders could have. But I was just comparing the careers in terms of somebody who struggled early and then came along. But yeah, those those busts were uh, definitely somebody who Randy Orton could have been, but. Thankfully, he, five years ago on this podcast, when Randy Orton came back, his last big return, I was excited for it. And everyone else was like, oh, no, why? This is the same thing. And we accused him probably for years of just sort of phoning it in, collecting a check. And he's had a bit of a Randy sense in, in uh, recent years. I feel like, seriously, I feel like yeah. since his run with Bray, like, I feel like he's just gotten better and better and better. He's been really good with Riddle. I feel like uh, uh, Randy Orton, he's, all, you know, nobody's ever going to question his talent. But the thing with Randy Orton, I think he needs to be put in the right situation yes. in terms of having the right ingredients and things surrounding him. And then you'll get the best version of Randy Orton. He needs someone to play off of. Yes. We saw the uh, ZLE vignette again tonight. I really like these. I like the comic book styles. They're really taking their time with these. These are really cool. The protector. The protector. Yes. We had our theories on Friday, Issa and I, of who's gonna who's gonna end up being the daughter of the landlord that they're gonna put into a feud with her. Oh wow! <laughs> what did you guys come up with? It was all over the game. I said Carmella because I was oh. just like, because that seems like pretty good fit, you know. Carmella would be like, you know, my family owns property overseas, <laughs> you know. <laughs> solid, solid storytelling. Uh, but no, good effort on this. I I hope she actually debuts and doesn't get cut before we actually see her on TV. Because uh, the way things are going after this hit row thing, I think no one's safe. Yeah. So pissed off about that. Like, I, I like seriously in protest, did not want to watch Friday or tonight. I, tonight, Becky versus Charlotte is what got me to tune in. Part of the reason I was off the show is in protest, but I really did have some schedule changes. But I do question whether or not I would have participated in that so freshly off of hit row being released. It's immense amount of bullshit that they got dropped. Yeah. Very, very sad. Very, very sad. That's, uh, that's that's where the real brand supremacy and stakes come tonight. If you're a talent, if you if you're if you're a talent that got booked to be one of the final two or three and your brand match, you're like, all right, well, I mean, I gotta think this is a little bit better of a case I'm not gonna get cut in three weeks. Like, Hero had a storyline. Like, what were Jinder and Isai Shanky gonna do Friday? We'll never know. Yeah, we might have gotten another hot diss track that I'm sure you would have loved, Glenn. But it looks like the world will <laughs> never really, get to hear it. It was really the worst thing. I, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, it's the worst thing that I've seen, <laughs> at least in the 2020s thus far. 
One one day we're gonna get some really good tell-alls or shoots from those who are still currently inside the WWE walls of, of this time period. Oh yeah. Yeah. And we don't know yet what this time period is gonna be named. We don't know if it's gonna be named the transition for of the sale. We don't know if it's gonna be named um Nick Khan the bad cop. Oh. We don't know like what it's we don't know yet what this phase is gonna be ultimately identified with in history, but it's gonna be identified as something and the budget cuts era. I was gonna say the future endeavor. Era. And there's gonna be some uh, great, some great well, not great, but there's gonna be some very interesting and 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 tantalizing interviews. Wasn't it weird that like Triple H was trying to make the reality era happen for a long time and then like that just sort of went nowhere? I think that was CM Punk who coined that phrase, and I think that is what they call that kind of era for a few years, where yeah. it was like CM Punk, Brian Danielson, where a lot of the Indian got indie guys got uh, the shine. I think that's referred to as the reality era. It was because yeah. at the time when I had chair shot reality, wrestling reality, and oh, I yeah. used the hashtag reality check. Believe me, I called my lawyer and asked, "Do I have any grounds to stand on?" He said, "You don't have enough money," <laughs> so I moved on. <laughs> I don't know. You took a photo with Triple H. I think that legally like assigns all your intellectual property rights to WWE. Yeah, right. Uh, we had the women's five on five match tonight. Team Raw, Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, Carmella, Queens Alina Vega, Rhea Ripley versus Team SmackDown. Sasha Banks, Shotzi, Natalia, Shayna Baszler, Tony Storm. Like Shotzi without the Blackheart, man. This is like Rebecca Romain without the Stamos at the end. I just can't get used to saying it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one way of putting it. I always, I always have to stop myself from saying Blackheart because it, you know I think that's such a great name. I don't know why they had to cut it, but that's what they do with these names. I, I like all ten of these women, so you know I, 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 I feel terrible saying this, but I honestly, I'll be honest. Like, based on a where we were time wise in, in the night, and then b how the match actually came off. I wish they would have just cut this match. I know really you long. I know you can't because like. You know, it's Survivor Series is one of the two traditional Survivor Series matches. So I know you, I know it's a terrible look if you do, but it did not go well. It was really long. I don't think you know. Not I mean, you know, Bianca gets to good for Bianca, and I and I'm a huge Bianca fan. But I, I just overall, I was just like, I, like I had my notes here. I just I was like, a lot of my notes were just like, we should just pass this. Like this just yeah. wasn't a good a good spot for anybody. It, it was There's a disaster, a, yeah. and it came off watching this because people were doing the wave. Uh, I liked that Bianca. They just immediately tagged in Bianca and Sasha, and that calmed them down immediately. But then the second Bianca tagged out, then they started chanting for CM Punk. Like they, they told a good story. If you were actually paying attention to the story, which it's hard to do for these fans in terms of them kind of screwing around, they were telling the story of Bianca Belair one on four. She came back and won. So that could have been this big moment, but it was at a point in the show where the crowd was a little tired. They did not give these people a reason to care about this match and it went on and on and on and it was just they were begging for this crowd to turn on the match and that's exactly what happened which sucks because these fans i mean you know like when, when tony storm's music hit, like these fans were excited to see some of these women uh who are getting some of the bigger spots that they've had in their career they were excited for them but yeah it just once the bell rang uh the, the, it, they lost you're, you're a lot of the fans you're right the wave the cm punk chance i'm surprised the beach balls didn't come out i mean it was yeah. you know yeah, I mean it's weird. It's very weird. Uh, the way this, even the spot this was given, I thought, kind of uh, set it up for failure a little bit. You know, hey, for thought, this for this era, what about ruthless depression? <laughs> <laughs> Go and tweet that right now. Like, get claimed for that. File it with the trademark office. The ruthless depression era. I'm trademarking it right after the show. Oh my god, that's good. Tweet that so I can retweet that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's solid. 
I think that's, that's a good name. Um, I think, man, tonight, so Zelina has got that parade wave down pat, though. I have to say, credit to her for that. Oh, look, I don't think she does it as well as Justin just did. That was incredible. Look at the form. We've learned that Justin is a gifted uh, mimic on this podcast. Before. <laughs> Keep it tight. Keep it tight. Yeah. Excellent. Um, so this came down to Bianca winning, but we got like Bianca and Shotzi uh, as the last two on this, which was good. There was, I thought Natalia had some good spots in this. Uh, like it was cool to see Bianca and Natalia. Like there was potential in this, um, but it's just interesting. You know, and they had uh, the team turning on Sasha and her leaving, um, getting counted out. Like, I don't know. They they put effort into this. They put more effort into this than probably like this storyline was probably the third uh, or fourth most effort they put into any of this. Just bad placement after that tag match. I felt like yeah. the crowd was already lagging. Um, man, so we have to we have to talk about what they did because what they did next. By the way, this is this is where I just want to give a big middle finger to Vince McMahon and the WWE um, because we had a look back. At the last time The Rock was on SmackDown two years ago, his segment with Baron Corbin and Becky Lynch. And then we had Paul Heyman backstage, and it was like, uh, uh, Brock's no longer suspended. So they're giving us like two things like, hey, remember the last time The Rock was here? Hey, Brock's no longer suspended. Holy shit, the main, main event's about to happen. This is going to be an epic conclusion. We, we might get Brock and The Rock. Like, this right. could be nuts going into it. I mean, this was just like hook, line, and sinker, man. They really, really built this up. Like, stay tuned, folks. This is going to get good. This is going to be worth all of it. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind I mean, of a carny uh, trick. Yeah. I mean, God, think think of the fantasy booking of Roman just fights for 20, 25 minutes, just, you know, finally overcomes Big E. You know, he put, you know Paul puts the, the lay on him. He's the tribal chief. He's the head of the table. And then all of a sudden, you hear that, you hear that emergency siren. Brock comes out. Brock just comes out. F5's Roman, F5's Heyman, he leaves, Roman's laying there for dead, then you hear the the Rocks music hit, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, again, we, we all can fantasy book in our minds, and again, I guess there is still tomorrow, there is still Monday night, um, but yeah, I, I can't disagree with you, Glenn, they, they really did build it up of like, we got something here, we got a title yeah. versus, we got a champion versus champion, we're no champion, we're no titles gonna change hands, so we have to end with something, and what want. <laughs> and look, the show was so damn long. The Rock could have been in Hollywood when the show started, and his jet would have got on Brooklyn in time for the finish of this. <laughs> it's very odd, man. Like, I don't know. And this is the thing. It's like we 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 joked about this with CM Punk and AEW. I mean, remember we're like, what's gonna happen if CM Punk doesn't show up in Chicago? Like would that be like Guns N' Roses in Montreal? Like, what's going to happen if Ooh, they don't reference. fulfill in this? Um, because they they leaned into it so much, convincing you that's what was going to happen. And tonight, I'm sorry, like, without saying it, they 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 were they were aligning the pieces to connect the dots. I think they were, but I was kind of looking at it with all these teases because the elephant in the room with Roman Reigns and The Rock is a WrestleMania match. So yes. I was looking at it like, oh, maybe they have The Rock for WrestleMania. Um, you know, I know they had the 25th anniversary of The Rock, and this was kind of The Rock's type of night. Uh, so they were doing a lot of that stuff. But, I mean, the way I saw it was looking forward to WrestleMania. But you're right. They did kind of leave the door open for the possibility that The Rock could show up. Or even Brock, definitely. And, with the, other, that segment. and the other thing with The Rock and, and, and Roman, it, 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 Rock and Roman fit so well 
coming up with this mania in the sense of Roman is healthy, he's on top, he's at the bloodline stuff, he's at the Uso, so the whole family thing plays in now. But this year's in Dallas. It's the following year when they're in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Inglewood. At, at so, yeah, in Inglewood. Thing, at SoFi. That's, that's where you want the rock at, right? So it's like, but it's like, can can Roman and the Usos of the Bloodline can this thing still be that strong a year and year and and I mean, can it still be that strong fifteen months from now? Yeah, I don't think anyone with the exception of Issa thinks that it can be that strong fifteen months from now. <laughs> you know, yeah, and even she might doubt that a little bit. But that's you know? the thing, you know, like the, I, you know, I, the Rock and Roman needs to happen, but it, it needs to happen probably not until twenty three. And here's the thing. Now you've got the situation where Roman Reigns is in like an albatross and it's like, okay, so maybe we'll do it in another 15 months. So then we got to keep Roman Reigns, quote unquote, strong. So then we're going to go through another year of Roman Reigns never losing. And he has to be, you know, this undefeated champion going into a match at The Rock. I don't know if that's the best thing for your storytelling. People will get sick of that quickly. And there would have been a really, really good segment they could have had because Roman seemed pretty disinterested when Vince was trying to tell him the story. Roman could have just grabbed the mic at the end and, you know, and like cut a promo on the rock and just like, I don't understand why we're recognizing 25 years of someone that's not even can't even bother to show up anymore. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he could have done a really, really good job. And Roman's been cutting with, with Paul Hammond to just some on fire promo. So, uh, with him and Big E tonight, like this was a good match, but it also overshadowed that match because they've built up this story of the New Day versus the Bloodline. Like they've been building this very well. And um, yeah, it's like it over the expectation overshadowed. It's like them stepping on their, their own pop. John Cena's bald spot, $10 saying, I think tonight was only a start to a slow burn for The Rock's return. They continue, continue to hint over the weeks, maybe returns at the Rumble, maybe Roman throws shots over the next few weeks. He's headed to the table now. I feel like they've been slow building this. Or maybe maybe the fans have just been fantasy booking this. I feel like we've been talking about The Rock versus Roman for at least a year and a half now. Yeah, I mean, the, other, the other thing that's lingering out there, like Brock and Rock, or Brock and Roman still have another match. They still have to have another match. Like, and there's still the like. So that's the other thing. It's like there's that unfinished business too. You know. Yeah, so. yeah I don't know. It's all very odd. It's all very odd, and I liked uh, I liked what we saw tonight with uh biggie and roman i thought this was a good match yeah, you know I, I thought there were times where biggie could have won and that's where i thought rock you know brock interferes biggie gets the win they beat the crap out of biggie after rock shows up something i don't know uh and, I love, and I love biggie but i i love biggie he's one of my favorites he's, i i audibly gasp and, and scream every time he goes and does the spot the spear in between the middle ropes with the opponent on the apron Tonight, yeah. even so, it looked like his feet kind of got caught and he almost nose. He landed himself. right on his shoulder. And he even he, he had to like, he got up and he immediately started pounding the mat to like kind of signal at everybody, no, 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 I'm okay. But it's like that kind of tells you everything you need to know about that spot. If you have to tell everybody somehow that you're all right, like he's just flirting with disaster doing that I, spot because he, there are a lot of horrible injuries happen by freak accidents. Of routine oh, yeah. Reflex, uh, you know what I mean? A, a, a wrist lock, you can get injured. And that is just begging for an injury. I gasp every time he does yeah. it. I like yeah. I just, stop doing it, Biggie. You don't need to do that. Weston Bragg, Buck ninety nine, saying, "Got to focus on the main roster, not the Rock." I mean, based on tonight, do you really feel they were focusing on the main roster? They think eight people on the main roster are superstars. Yeah, everyone yeah. else is interchangeable. Here's again, again, fantasy booking. Okay, so if, if they do pull the trigger, with all these speculations, if they do pull the trigger and do Rock versus Roman this year, uh, this year meaning this April. Um, 
and if they want to get the rock back again the next year when they're in california is unless it's rock and roman this year one-on-one you know some kind of a playoff or respect family whatever whatever and the following year if it's something where they're on the same side where it's them as the same side of family uh, and i don't know even know who you uh, who you put as their opposition that would be of marquee value but like that's Rikishi. No, but like <laughs> you know them them versus i don't know and i'm trying to i'm trying to think of like who, who you'd even but i mean unless unless they have rock for the next two manias but again, I just keep saying 2023 in California, that's where it makes the most sense for it to happen. But we all really want it now. It feels like it's been forever. And and again, they kind of trolled us tonight. So, And I, I agree with you, Justin, in terms of geographically, California makes the most sense. But in terms of the scale of show, in terms of a show yeah. that's going to have 100,000 people there, that's, I think, a show that The Rock would want to headline in order to set the attendance record or whatnot. I, geez, I think, th- I think this show in Dallas again, I think... Uh, you know, get find a way to get Austin involved. If, if, if Undertaker's going in the Hall of Fame, have Undertaker's speech be at Mania. Like it's two nights of Mania. Yeah. If you put them on one, like that's that sell Dallas that way. I mean, I was at the last Dallas one, and it's it's huge. But that's that's how I would sell that one. Is is go with those. Uh, Biggie was wearing Seinfeld inspired gear tonight. Oh, is that right? I missed that. Yeah, he had Spongeworthy. Uh... Uh, uh, Serenity now, giddy up. Yeah, oh, I did. okay, okay, yeah. Him and Wale must talk a lot about Seinfeld then because they're good friends. And Wale made a whole album called The Album About Nothing featuring Jerry Seinfeld. Very good album. Interesting, hmm. I did not know that. Yeah, Jerry Seinfeld did comedy on the album, and Wale was rapping. It was a great album. I loved it. Glenn, I am shocked that you didn't know this because you usually keep up with all this. Well, I, I'm a little out of the loop on current hip hop. I was watching over uh, the weekend a documentary Bobcat Goldthwait and Dana Gould did of them on tour called Joyride, and I didn't know Bobcat Goldthwait has heat with Jerry Seinfeld. Like Jerry Seinfeld and comedians, comedians and cars, like goes out of his way to trash Bobcat Goldthwait. I was just like, yeah. holy shit! I did not know about this. <laughs> uh, but so with Biggie tonight, like that was, I mean, that was cool. But man, like I know Seinfeld's so popular, but that I, maybe with WWE's older demographic, maybe it's lockstep with that. I yeah, can't get I can't I can't get Bobcat and Police Academy out of my head now. <laughs> Dude, Bobcat Goldthwait was so over in the 1980s. Yeah, like was, and then so he was on that over. show, Happily Ever After, that was kind of like oh, a knockoff right. of Married with Children, but still a, a very funny oh, show. And he played oh, that alien. Oh yes, or I thought he was a bunny, or what was he in the basement? Yeah, like, I it was, it was a, like a bunny. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah, because it was Ray Charles hit the road jack was the theme song. Wasn't yes. It? Oh my god! I want to go YouTube that now. That's fun. Nikki Cox would come out, and the men would go crazy. <laughs> Didn't he end up uh, like dating Nikki Cox? Uh, yeah, they have. were engaged. Wow! Wow! I wish I could oh, do. A, wow. I wish I could do a Bobcat impression right now. I want to just. I'm trying to think like just you know. <laughs> try one. I, think, I, I, I can't. Oh my god! It'll be, it'll be so bad. His stand up now is so my funny. Because he doesn't, he'll do the voice a little bit, but he just tells stories, and the stories yeah. are just like insane, like opening for Nirvana and like Robin Williams stories, and just like all this random shit that's happened to him. He's a really, but he's like a director now. He directs. Yeah, he's movies. a very talented man, a good director. He's a very funny comedian. The Bobcat Goldway thing was like a character he played, but his actual stand-up as a human, I think, is better. And another connection, Glenn, he uh, appeared on the Larry Sanders show. Uh, yes. One of my favorite episodes when he went nuts on the Jay Leno set, and then they brought him in to do yes. the same thing. Oh, I was going to say my favorite episode is actually the first one he did, Life After Larry, where he was going to host after, and he talks about like hitting Morgan Fairchild with like yeah. the Nerf bat while she's talking. 
<laughs> he goes, Wednesday, I'm never going to be here. It's going to be a disembodied voice like a Beckett play. <laughs> and he's just who, doing this disastrous pitch for the network. It's awesome. Who, who does a better voice when Bobcat can do that voice or Gilbert Gottfried's natural voice? Which, which voice is funny? Oh, my God. Oh, Gilbert man. Gottfried's natural voice is creepy. I think Gilbert, definitely Gilbert. He's got an all-time in terms of when you hear the voice, you know who it is. I just saw a Gilbert Gottfried documentary uh, about a week ago. It was really good. Oh, yeah. The, uh, oh, my God. You know, and I have to admit, I kind of aped that when I was talking about all the things I would rather do than watch Monday Night Raw. His thing about Catherine Zeta-Jones, like, I don't want to – it's very oh, X-rated. Yeah. That's how they but, open the document. Oh, my, like, that is one of the funniest goddamn stand-up routines I've ever heard. Yeah. Like is so so good. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's very NSFW, but definitely. I don't know if we can repeat that bit on this podcast. <laughs> but I think I was basically doing that with my list of everything I would rather do than watch Raw. Uh, George Devine, five dollars tomorrow. When looking for a stupid egg, Roman is disinterested. Said egg is an important rock. Doesn't matter anymore. No pun intended. He's head of the table now. Is Roman going to be on Raw tomorrow night? Yeah, the whole Raw and SmackDown oh, are going to be there tomorrow. The fallout from Survivor Series. Well, plus, yeah, Vince has ordered Adam Pierce to interview and interrogate every single superstar. Yeah. Do they play this for comedy, or are we going to get... Because, I mean, I like it. <laughs> this for you comedy. Just, just, <laughs> the Rock's going to come back? or like, <laughs> It's going to be serious. It was Hornswoggle. I mean, I mean, for the payoff, like, yeah, it's going to be a funny, like, silly ha-ha thing that they do, but for the payoff, like, I mean, I like the idea that The Rock is the one who has the egg somehow, uh, but I don't know if they're going to be able to pull that off uh, for Monday Night Raw. Or do they just do it like Reggie had it the whole time or some 24-7 oh guy? Ah, money, on, money, on, money on the 24-7. <laughs> this, really, this really buries that security guard that was standing outside of Vince's office that just like... Yeah, well, I mean, Roman, the guy just... Let Roman's Roman scared in. off with his eyes, yeah. yeah. It's going to be serious. Uh, Matt, Matt Riddle's going to get uh, uh, accused and he's going to accuse him of profiling him because he likes marijuana, but that doesn't make him a criminal. You know? <laughs> Riddle sold it and bought $100 million worth of... <laughs> cannabis <laughs> that would actually be that would actually be epic if it's just like bro randy i found this egg i didn't know what it was but then i took it to my guy i took it to to jerome and jerome said dude i can get something for this and then if i traded it in my scooter I got a store I want to I want to take you to like i don't know it'll just turn into some crazy no riddle shows up with like a diamond encrusted scooter God. Like just blinged out, and he's just talking about it's like they found this egg, and he just spends all this money. And, and Randy, like the Randy, like the disapproving uncle, where did you get the money for that scooter? <laughs> Don't worry, bro, I got you one too. <laughs> this is what it needs to be tomorrow night. I think we're this is better than what we're actually going to see on Raw, and then it'll Both all be a misunderstanding because maybe it turns out that he actually had money from another source and he didn't find the egg. We get the no, swerve, you know, but but they want you to think he got it the entire time. I'm just waiting for Raj to appear in a minute and just cut the whole podcast off. <laughs> he's Raj he's in a is... he's in a hotel in New York right now looking at this and he's just he's just sweating Merlot. He's just so pissed. <laughs> Get to the super chats. Stop the um, fantasy booking. Oh, man, so I mean, what can we say about Biggie versus Roman? I mean, this was a very competitive match. Biggie looked very strong in defeat. Um. I didn't think he was winning, but it looked like there were a couple times he could have. Yeah, I, I, I like this match a lot, but, you know, I didn't. Yeah, I definitely thought that Roman Reigns was going to go over, and I think that did hurt the match. But I thought Biggie looked like a badass, you know, kind of taking those Superman punches and standing right up. 
But, you know, this whole pay-per-view felt so useless. And, and it's the fault of WWE and how they treated it. Because Survivor Series is one of these brand names that I really think they've bastardized over the past oh, yeah. five to ten years. And it's there's no reason for it. You could, if you're not a fan of these elimination matches, okay, you have one or whatnot. Or eliminate them all together if you want. But this pay-per-view, especially because they booked it at Brooklyn and they have all the pageantry, it had everything except the actual booking, I think, in terms of making it seem important. Uh, Samantha in the chat says, it's going to be Ryan Reynolds who took the egg and happy birthday, Justin. Oh, there you go. Not Gail Gadot. <sighs> Are we sick of Ryan Reynolds yet? I was rewatching Blade Trinity the other night and just really realizing like he's just doing the same thing in every film at this point. Really phoning it in. I do like Deadpool Ryan Reynolds. But that's the same Ryan Reynolds you get in every single film. Ryan Reynolds, Van Wilder, same thing. I mean, like uh, Blade Trinity, same thing. I mean, like I hear, saw, heard on Red Notice, it's like he's basically doing the same thing. He's got one speed at this point. What about what buried when he's buried in, in a coffin? He was, that was a different round. Oh, that right? one actually looks kind of interesting. I like those single location, like low budget indie movies. So it could be good. I forget what that was called, but it could be good. Uh, Justin, tell everyone how old you turned this year. Uh, as of... Uh... 66 minutes ago i'm 34 years old hey look at justin and and can we also give a shout to Corey graves for the line of the night of (laughs) vince how dare you haven't i'm paraphrasing how dare you have another egg at survivor series (laughs) this can only go he says something to the fact of like it can only go so wrong of course referencing the the great egg from 1990 uh, where the godly cougar comes out (laughs) but it was just a class i mean just a hell of a line Brian Cyrus, $5. Plot twist. The egg wasn't stolen. It'll come out tomorrow that it was released due to budget cuts and it'll never be mentioned again. Here it is. I feel this is from the Wrestling Inc. account that uh, tweeted this. I feel terrible for Mr. McMahon. How many times can you bring a giant egg to Survivor Series and have it end badly? (laughs) You know what? I I figured it out. (laughs) It's got to be Hector Guerrero has the egg. Hector Guerrero has the egg. Golly gooker. I love Taker's story, too. Undertaker going, oh, my God, I'm popping out of the egg. I'm going to be the Eggman. Because <laughs> he was at the debut at the same time. The Eggman. <laughs> Pat McAfee kept I want Pat McAfee to do play-by-play on my next colonoscopy because he can make anything exciting. That's yeah, Pat great. McAfee was great. What I noticed on this show is that they would have Pat McAfee and Corey Graves together. And on paper, it sounds like that would be a lot of fun. But I feel like they mesh like oil and water like because they're both kind of the same type of like loud, uh, kind of exuberant types. And they would kind of go back and forth and snipe at each other. And I didn't feel like they worked well together. Well, they're, bo- yeah, they're both from Pittsburgh here. So they, they know each other really well. They, they are the same kind of guy. You're right. It's kind of like they're both trying to like – neither is going to set the other one up they're both trying to like hit the other one with the slam dunk line it is uh but but that said out of all the combinations and i usually hate three-man booths as i said here on a three-man booth uh i usually i gotta say cole with mcafee and and graves is the least the most entertaining because it's like definitely cole is the best at doing the, the demanding job that that is to host a WWE show like that Graves is always spot on, and McAfee is such a wild card. I cannot believe Vince has not like just stripped him of all of his personality. Like the fact that Pat just gets up and starts standing in the middle of the matches, and it's still allowed is just it's awesome. <laughs> I love it. So Pat, Pat's a great. Well, both of them, Pat and and, and uh, Corey Graves. Yeah. So ultimately, Biggie lost this match, and Roman Reigns won. Biggie looked uh, frustrated. Um. 
after this, and uh, we all sat and waited, saying, well, what's going to happen now? They wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving, and they went off the air. I was hoping they were going to pull a Triple H NXT. The the, the all rights reserve thing yeah, comes up. That's what sudden, I thought. Yeah. They didn't do it. Could not believe I mean, could not believe it. And I feel like it's very rare that I think WWE is actually going to pay something off. But tonight, I yes, hook, line, and sinker. I really thought tonight we were getting this based on the hints. Tune in tomorrow. That's what but, you get for hoping. But don't you think uh well the ruthless depression era? That's, that's what we're living in. We're off and running. Alfred, you better call you better call the patent office. You better get that trademark. <laughs> I'll do everything I can to get that trademark. So good. Like like that should be, I'd buy a t-shirt that said that. That has appeal to non-wrestling fans also. Call know? Pro Wrestling Tees. You can have one out by Thanksgiving on Chicago. Yeah, yeah for Pro sure. Wrestling Tees. <laughs> ruthless depression. depression. So good. I feel like like that's the mood. I was telling Issa like the other night after the hit row thing, Friday night SmackDown. I, I don't Friday I didn't change out of sweatpants all day. I uh, used Uber Eats to get Olive Garden delivered. Hey. And I sat there watching SmackDown just feeling bummed out. Yeah. Captures the mood, man. I ate, I ate cookie dough while I was watching SmackDown, so I'm right there with you. The bread sticks to go, not as good. Not I would imagine. Good. Yeah. But you have, to, you have to go to Olive Garden. They treat you like your family. <laughs> Issa's meltdown when I told her that we went to the Olive Garden in Times Square in New York one night after a show because we were like, we're just, we don't want to get an Uber to go to Brooklyn or Greenpoint. Like, we're just going to go to the Olive Garden and go back to a hotel. Like, yeah, it, but it was lovely. It was a lovely meal. Yeah. When you're in New York, look, you go find, you go find a good taco truck at 2 a.m. or something. You go, that's what you do when you're in New York. You don't go to Olive Garden. <sighs> you know? Great halal in New York, too. Those rice carts that they have. Oh, my God. Now, okay, so I don't think there's anything vegan at those carts, but I'm a big, like, falafel guy. But that's the thing. It's like I don't want to be like, hey, it's vegan. But I think all the time. I'm always like, I can, I can eat falafel once a day and not be bored with it. Love falafel. So, so good. Um, so we've come to this point. Here we are. It's one eleven on the East Coast. 10-11. I'm not going to watch Succession tonight. I'm going to get done with this. The wife's going to be like, let's go to bed tomorrow night. Tomorrow night instead of Raw, I'll be watching Succession on HBO. Wife's Speaking gonna say, of which. Wife's going to say, are you man safe? You're going to go, yes. She's going to say, Papa Blue Chew, you're going to go. Oh, there you go. Uh, speaking of Succession, Kieran Culkin was there tonight in attendance. At uh, the pay-per-view? Yeah, they showed him on camera. And there was a photo backstage of him with Becky. Oh, wow. I missed that. And fo- like, like they even... Uh, the the social media like tweeted out like the man versus Waystar Royco. It was like, whoa. <laughs> they know their shit. Justin, you watching Succession? I'm not, but I've been tempted. I've seen the preview. I've seen the, the trailers and I know that he's in it. I'm 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 tempted. I'm wife wife and I are very we're very much behind. We're very pumped that um Ozark's coming back in in January. Yes. Uh we want to get on the mayor of Kingstown. We're, we're, I've heard we, that also is we good. started DVRing and that's so we have that to get to. So there's that. Um, so yeah, I, that the succession as well. The I think you'll love watch succession. Yeah, yeah. Watch it and think you're watching a show about the McMahon family. Yes, because that's what I was about to say. Yeah, yeah. A lot of parallels. A lot of parallels. You could even take each member and like, okay, you know, this person's Vince, this person's Stephanie, or whatnot. Shane, Triple H. There's like all the principles in terms of executives in WWE are kind of represented on that show. Love it. It all makes sense. Alfred, have you seen the version of the succession theme that Demi Aju uh, eBay did where he added lyrics to the succession theme? 
Oh, I did see that. That was awesome. Yes. Love yeah, that. that's one and of the now, hardest. I still sit through the whole thing. I never skip the intro for Succession. I watched the whole thing. Yes. Alan Jones, $5, our last super chat of the evening, saying all this talk about the stupid egg, and we still never found out who threw the pie in Kevin Owens' face. <laughs> Maybe Kevin took the egg. Well, it's okay. He did run out of his match, so he had time to go do that. He, he ran out. Before we leave tonight, who do you think has the egg? Let's start with you, Glenn. Who has the egg? I do like this Matt Riddle idea. I think this is a golden storyline. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with one of the Usos. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. I'm going to go. I'm going with the Rock. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna swing for the fence and say the Rock. There you go. Uh, secular belt also saying Alfred also trademarked ruthless <laughs> oppression. <laughs> should trademark that i'm more likely to trademark that one, one get both it's like only 300 bucks a pop Go for that's it. the aew era we're in right now <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh you're gonna get trolled by the oh, aew fan on twitter <laughs> shout out to tony khan and aw <laughs> so good this, i mean you're yeah this people the, used to think i was harsh on the company this is the part of the podcast where I like to ask, and people always answer it. Please call to action. Tell me how you are watching or listening to this podcast. Are you up live with us? Are you at work? Are you on the subway? Are you, are you on the bus? Are you in the classroom? Are you getting the kids on the bus? What are you doing? How are you consuming this podcast? I want to know. Tag me. Tag all these guys. At Gluten Oh, there you go. At This is Nasty. I, love, I do this every episode now, Glenn. It's become... But yeah. I, and I love the responses I get, because I get, I get some that are people from all over the world i love the responses yeah. of what, what's what they're doing so it's my call to action it's my, it's my it's go awesome. home it's really awesome to see that you see like people listen on planes and stuff like that all yeah. kinds of different places yeah. it's absolutely nuts uh brian cyrus five dollars taking us out with owen should take the egg and throw it in the trash when he debuts in aew ah! <laughs> so i forgot who tweeted this and i apologize but whoever says like i don't mean to steal your joke without credit they said being the elite needs to film an egg vignette like asap to get out tomorrow <laughs> Kier Kemp five dollars saying we never got the Zane doc. I mean, yeah. one day. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Okay, I a, everyone. I have a feeling we're going to see a a slide in a couple months. A graphic going to say uh, El Generico is all elite. Hey, oh. speaking of slides, you know if Drew Gulak, who I forgot was still signed till tonight, if he just put together a PowerPoint deck, I think he could make it so we didn't have to release any more wrestlers. He could rebalance that budget quickly for WWE. <laughs> okay there we go so he's at justin labar he's at this is nasty i'm at glenn rubenstein thanks everyone for hanging with us tonight uh y'all who, who's on tomorrow i don't know who's on tomorrow not me i'm taking off yeah i won't be there either but it's gonna i think it's i think it's jack christy isa maybe or maybe just jack and christy i think it's just okay. jack and christy all right there you go. Alfred, and, uh, Alfred and I'll be back Wednesday. Yeah, I'll be back Tuesday. I'm getting my uh, vaccine booster, Moderna, Tuesday morning. So uh, fingers crossed I'll be back Tuesday night. If it doesn't knock me out. Okay. Uh, have a great night, everyone. Catch you next time on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Take care. Hey, hey.